John chapter 14, verse 1 and following. Jesus said to his followers, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And since I go and will prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me and you do, you will know my Father also. From now on, you know him and you have seen him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Well, good evening, everyone. It's finally nice to have a time on a Wednesday evening when we're not like just sweating with every breath. If you're like me, I mean, oh my goodness. It's nice to have a mild evening, uh, summer-wise, for our time together. The series of the I Am statements that we're focusing on here in early summer continues tonight, and we're in John chapter 14, verse 6, and the surrounding verses, and quite frankly, the surrounding chapters of the story of life as John writes it. We are with the statement tonight where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Those three words, those three phrases are among the most important in Christian theology. It's Christianity 101 to make sure that we know and we remember that Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. They're kind of like obvious statements that are important and you got to know when you go to the next step. It's like cars have four tires or sun and rain are needed for plants to grow. It's basic stuff. It's basic truth. When Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. Has its roots back into the Old Testament. The ways of the Lord. The Lord telling God's people to walk in certain ways, to live in certain kinds of fashion, and to follow the teachings of God as God has given them. And that's all well and good. And I am really appreciative of the way that Jesus gives good information and gives himself to the world in these words. Sometimes though, at least in the past of the church, not all churches, but some churches have used this kind of statement when Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life as sort of a, well, spiritual battering ram against their opponents. It goes something like this. Well, if you do not believe that Jesus is the way and the truth and life in a conversation with someone who may not agree with them in their religion, then someone in the church, a church anywhere, not a particular church, that person might be offended and say something like, well, if you don't believe the way this is, then you are not a Christian and a real Christian believes or something like, well, Jesus is the only way. And if you don't believe that, then you're on your way to hell or you're of the devil, etc., etc., etc. And with lots of energy, the accusations have come and flowed from well-meaning, but fear-based theology. If only such energy were put into things that Jesus said, such as, 
Well, let's remember that Jesus once also said, sell everything you have and give it to the poor and follow me. How is that going? (laughs) You see what I'm saying? The words of Jesus are not, I don't think, to be used as a spiritual battering ram in conversation. But they are ways for us to know and to discover more about what Jesus means for us in our life, for the life of the world. I think it's important a lot of times to put whatever Jesus says into the context and where he says it. In the night Jesus spoke the words that he is tonight in John 14, he is with his disciples. He is closing in on the last several hours that he will have with them. Things in and around the city of Jerusalem where they are meeting in the reading were getting very tense. The word on the street at the time was that Jesus was a wanted man. Anyone who had any kind of power in that city were out to get him. Not only him, but his followers as well. Jesus knew it. His disciples could sense it. Their time together was growing short. The air was dense with expectation, uncertainty, and worse. We who love or hate high humidity know almost nothing of the feel in the air that night for Jesus and his followers. And in all of that tenseness, in all of that expectation, in all of the uncertainty, with anxiety levels rising higher and higher, Jesus settles in to serve his followers. He washes their feet, as we've read in John chapter 13. He showed them the kind of care that not only he wanted to share for them, but also the kind of care that he wanted them to share with one another and the kind of love and commitment he wanted them to have for the world that God loved. Jesus' words and actions as we hear about them earlier in John 13 and even now in John 14 are the stage where Jesus, when he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. That world was filled with uncertainty. Not only in their moments and their life, but what was going to be happening in the next few days. But Jesus, as a good spiritual master and savior, did what he was supposed to do, as God, it seems, had him do it. He focused his followers on what is true. He reminded them that they believed in God and they believed in Jesus. And when things are getting tense, start there. Jesus told them in no uncertain terms that no matter what happened next in their life, which as we know would include his arrest, his trial, his condemnation, his death on the cross, all of that, no matter what would happen next, they would have a place with God and with Jesus. Focus there too. Jesus also reminded them that at some point between that night and eternity, he would come again and he would receive them into his very presence. And that is a promise he made them. Focus on that, dear disciples, Jesus would have said. Remember the promises that God makes. Jesus then reminded them in no uncertain terms over the next number of verses that the way of following him as disciples meant doing the kind of things he did while he was with them. Focus on what Jesus said and how he said it. 
focus on his teachings and the content of what he taught and return to the signs of God's presence that will come when the Holy Spirit makes the Holy Spirit's presence in their life. Jesus reminded his disciples in that night, and I have to admit, I sometimes forget it, that he came from the Father and that he had to go back to the Father, that is God. His time on earth was limited. So for us, too. Jesus was about to return back to the presence of eternity, the God from whence he got all of his teaching and his mission, his words and his deeds. And into that uncertain time and that time of anxiety and impending turmoil, Thomas, love him by the way, said to Jesus, Lord, we do not know the way where you are going. How can we know the way? Again, the night in which this happens is a time and a place and a location where change will come quickly for all of them. Chaos is coming. The powers of the world that are opposed to God are set against Jesus and Thomas and the rest of his followers. And it is no wonder that Thomas spoke up in that urgent moment. But no doubt also that the disciples were thinking what Thomas courageously asked. And so into that coming chaos and the anxiety, into the darkness of the night in which can only be matched by the darkness of the deeds, which were done to Jesus, and into Thomas' heartfelt and hopeful question, Jesus speaks a word of promise and a word of inclusion. I am the way and the truth and the life. Look all around you, and you can, but you don't have to go anywhere else for God. For who and what you truly need is right here. Now, it's very true that as we read further in John's story of Jesus, Jesus' disciples are scattered within a day or so of the events of these words. And the ways that they could go and the ways that they might respond to whatever was happening in Jesus were endless in their possibility. Each and every single one of those 12 disciples could stay true to Jesus or they could go back to the life they lived before Jesus or they could join another religious group or they could run off all alone into the hills or they could disappear and flee from somewhere they never thought they would ever end up or go across the Mediterranean Sea, start a brand new life and never be seen again. All kinds of ways for them to react, places to go, things to do. There were countless ways that Jesus' disciples could respond to what will happen. And yet Jesus, knowing all of that, still reminded them that he is the way and he is the truth and he is the life. Whatever they saw him do, that was to be their focus. Whatever they remember him saying, that was to be what they would say. And however God would lead them would be the same thing in the same way that God led Jesus. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. And those are very good words. They are very important words. They are not just good news. They are great news. And here's why. 
Because Jesus tells not only his present disciples, but also the disciples way back then. He tells us the truth that we must understand and come to know. That we are separated ultimately from God. We don't often hear that in the church these days, but it's true. We also need to know and remember that God is very interested in being rejoined to us as well. Into the world Jesus died into, God still is interested to show up. Into the sinful world where everything is set against Jesus, where everything is set against his mission and his ministry, God comes. I don't know about you, but every once in a while I'll hear something on the news or I'll see something that someone does and I say something or think something like, I cannot believe they just did that. Or worse. If we have ever thought that or said that, then we get it. We get the power and the presence of brokenness and sin, not only in our lives, but in the lives of everyone in the world. You see, and here's more of the good news that Jesus opens up for us. When Jesus says to his followers, I am the way and the truth and the life, he is not excluding anyone. If we read closely and carefully in Jesus' ministry, he never wants to exclude people, although people choose to exclude themselves from him. He is often and always the one who opens the way so that we can hear truth and live a true life. He offers promises. He offers that which every human heart really longs for, which is a connection to God. Not just religion or God thoughts and all of that kind of froofy physical religion stuff. Not just that, but a deep encounter with the one who made everything and still loves us no matter what. Sometimes people that I talk with have this impression that in order to connect with God, there's like 17 things you got to do before you're ready to do that. The reason we often think that is because everything else in the world requires 17 things to do before you can actually get something finished, something accomplished, something done. But in the simplicity of Jesus' words tonight, he offers the forgiveness that we need, the healing from the brokenness and hurt that we feel, and a way to live a new kind of life. He tells them, and he reminds us too, I think, that while we can be separated from God by sin and brokenness, which is an issue for everybody, not just religious folks, the good news, I think, is this. If there's something and there's somewhere we're looking for the real answer and the real way, we have found it. Or more rightly spoken, Jesus has found us. He is the way and the truth and the life. He is the path we follow. He tells us the truth of life that are important. And he leads us into a life that he would call those people he loves, his disciples. Now, just so you're warned and just so we all know, that may not be exciting all the time and it may not make the news and it may not even trend highly on social media. 
But quite frankly, that's all right, because Jesus started with 12 people. And the church can start with 12 and then grow and then grow some more. Know this, dear fellow Christians, that the Lord your God loves you and cares about you. He has made his way for you, and he has made life and truth come into your life. He has opened God to your very life, and God is completely jazzed to be a part of where you are. Amen.